Hi there! Welcome to episode 130 of the Waveback Music Podcast. My name is Chris. And I'm Matt. And we're here to listen to the most interesting video game music there is. The Sega Genesis was known for many things, including its distinct sound. Arguably, that sound was never used better than in the Sonic the Hedgehog franchise, and it all started here 30 years ago. Don't trust that mad scientist, because tonight we listen to the music of Sonic the Hedgehog for the Sega Genesis. Well, hello, Matt. How are you? I'm good. How's everything? Everything continues to go. Ah, okay. Yeah, it hasn't stopped, so that's good. No, I'm, I'm doing all right. We're we're here celebrating the uh, 30th anniversary of Sonic the Hedgehog. Good gravy. Yeah. 30 years. 30 years of that rat. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're not. Um, Sonic the Hedgehog. Hmm. Yes, indeed. I, I But uh, to be fair, I, I can't believe it's been 30 years. Yeah, right. It feels a, uh, it's very strange feeling that that Sonic is thirty years old. But uh, yeah, you know, there was a Sonic the Hedgehog. There are a couple of Sonic the Hedgehog games on the Master System, so that's a uh, that kind of makes it feel a little bit more old. Even though we started on the Genesis, that right, that the, the Master System was still pumping out games. So it feels all right, all right. I can I can be okay with this being thirty years old. But man, when I just think about the Genesis version being thirty years old, it just makes me a. Uh, feel weird makes me feel all funny uh, for me it's just an existential crisis because that means i was 10 when this game came out and i remember exactly where i was hmm well i look forward to hearing that story but first i think you should hit us with some history Ooh. Ooh. i don't know why i just did that but <laughs> i'm I glad you, you did it. <laughs> <laughs> all right <laughs> Oh, it's going to be one of those nights. Sonic the Hedgehog was released on June 23rd, 1991 for the Sega Genesis in North America. Releases followed shortly after in Europe and Japan in July of 91, but Sega of America had the honor of giving the game its debut since its marketing department had so much to do with the character's eventual persona. Created specifically to take down Mario and Nintendo, Sonic's release gave new life to the somewhat underwhelming Sega Genesis console. Sonic's flashy graphics and personality rocketed him to superstar status seemingly overnight and succeeded in propelling the Sega Genesis to the top of the 16-bit console war, even surpassing Nintendo for a time. The game's success spawned numerous sequels, several animated series, mountains of merchandise, a feature film, comics, and more. While the quality of many of those releases is up for debate, one thing that's for sure... (laughs) One thing that's for sure is that Sonic is a true gaming icon and is here to stay. The game's music was composed by Masato Nakamura, who in the process effectively redefined what Sega Genesis audio could sound like. Oddly enough, his involvement in the world of video game music more or less stops there. He composed the music for the sequel, Sonic the Hedgehog 2, but parted ways with Sega when a financial dispute regarding the music for Sonic 3 arose. He's done a lot of other musical work in television commercials and the like, but his iconic work on Sonic the Hedgehog is probably what he's best known for, at least in the realm of those of us who spend time with video game music. So, Matt, what is your personal history with this game that you love so dearly? (laughs) (laughs) Alright. I'm just going to come out right now and say it not a fan of Sonic the Hedgehog game. I said it. I don't take it back. I don't regret a minute of it. Um, <laughs> I, it, it the, my, my, I, I don't want to say distaste, because I don't hate the game. 
I just, it just never grabbed me. And over the years, all the other iterations of it and kind of the direction they went with it was just, um, it was just not my, not in my, my wheelhouse or whatever, you know? Um, but I'd said before, I remember exactly where I was the first time I played Sonic the Hedgehog. I had a friend growing up who um, I would sleep over his house all the time. And we'd stay up way late playing video games. And, his, you know, parents would get mad at us or whatever. But, you know, we were kids. It was harmless fun. And he got uh, Sonic the Hedgehog for the Sega Genesis. And I'll be honest with you. Back then when it dropped, we were very like, Oh my god, this game is so fast. Oh, I can't keep up with the animation. Oh, you know. And we were very much, like, blown away by it. Um, and I can remember just... We just played until the wee hours of the morning. Just we had to just you know what's the next level? We just had to we had to beat it. We had to keep going. We just kept trading control. You know the controller would go back and forth. I die, he'd go, he'd die, I go. It's, you know until one of us eventually just fell asleep. Um, and then eventually uh, I ended up getting a copy of it for myself um, for my my home system. And I played a you know I played it. I played it and I. One of the things I will say about it is I enjoyed the graphics. Uh, there were elements of the graphics I thought were really great. Um, but, you know, like I said, ultimately, um, our paths uh, were going in two different directions. And uh, I'm not bitter at Sonic the Hedgehog. And I don't think he holds any ill will towards me. And uh, <laughs> that's that's where it is. I mean, I've, you know, over the years, I've, play, uh, I've checked in on the installments. Um, you know, Sonic 2. There was the, the first 3D Sonic. Um... Uh, Adventure, and, or do you mean th- uh, 3D Blast? Uh, which was the one that had the uh, special levels where you were running on the orb or the globe? Oh, that was Sonic Three. Oh, that was Sonic Three. Yeah. Huh. Okay. Then uh, one of the first ones that was like uh, third person over the shoulder, and you're like hitting these ramps and loops and corkscrews like you were on a on a. A roller coaster. Yeah, that I was thought... that was the Dreamcast one. That was Sonic Adventure. Yeah. Okay. Sonic Adventure. You know what it was? I I, I essentially traded one friend for another who loved Sonic the Hedgehog. It was really weird. Everyone around me has loved Sonic the Hedgehog games except for me. So I'm always I was always um, I couldn't get away from it, if you will. Um, but that particular one, uh, Sonic Adventure, I remember thinking like, this is really ambitious for a video game and. You know, for the time, I thought, wow, this is impressive. Um, just just how they, um, you know, the, the level designs and things like that. But, um, yeah, that's that's kind of it for me. That's, that's, you know, where my stuff for Sonic ends, really. Hmm. Well, uh, let's see. I'm trying to think of the best way to tell my story of Sonic the Hedgehog without sounding like a complete idiot. And, uh... <laughs> Listen, you're on a show with me. There's no way you could sound more like <laughs> more of an idiot than I do. So, I say just go for it. Well, uh, I was a uh, I was a militant diehard Nintendo fanatic back in the day. Mm-hmm. Um, like, not that I'm not a diehard Nintendo fanatic now, but I wasn't so like. I mean, I was I was a console warrior, man. I was yeah. It was stupid. <laughs> <laughs> it was it was so stupid. But Listen, like, we were young. We didn't know any better. Exactly, we were young. But I I did have um, experience with Sega consoles. You know, before I became 
a console warrior. I was very I was very platform agnostic when I started getting into video games. Video games were video games, but then I kind of got I kind of got caught up in the marketing stuff that started happening of Nintendo versus Sega. Um, just because there was like a bit of that in the uh, the schoolyard with a with a couple of my friends of yeah. you know there were Sega fans and Nintendo fans, but when the you know the 16-bit things happened, especially with Sonic the Hedgehog, like that was what really really kicked off Sega was doing a lot of marketing that was very specifically targeted at Nintendo, you know? Mm-hmm. And that's when I started to kind of be like, no, no, heck with that. I'm a Nintendo guy, and, and that's that's that, that's my team. I picked my team. So, you know, <laughs> I, I had neighbors who had the Master System. I started on the Atari, and I just thought, I thought video games were video games. I thought they were cool, but then, you know, until I didn't. And Sonic the Hedgehog, I was like really down on when it came out. I was like, boo, thumbs down, no way. <laughs> I don't know why it's so funny. Boo, thumbs down. <laughs> I'm gonna start I'm gonna start shouting that at things now. I don't like like if I go to a baseball game and like the Yankees are playing, I don't know, the Dodgers Boo! Thumbs down <laughs> Wrestling events, forget it. Oh my god. <laughs> you can put it on a sign. Ooh, down. that's such a good idea no way i don't have, I don't have to lose my voice <laughs> there you go here it let the sign do the talking oh proceed so the thing was is that i was a liar i thought it was awesome <laughs> i saw it and i liked the i loved the art direction i loved specifically what took what took me about it was the way that the background had so many layers of scrolling Mm-hmm. Like I had never seen that even in other Genesis games. You know, I had seen the Genesis out there as like the follow-up to the Master System, and the only thing that I really wanted, the only thing that really interested me on the Genesis, where I, you know, considered asking my parents to get us one, was Altered Beast, because we had played it in the arcade, and I mean, I was so taken aback by that game's, you know, style and graphics and sound yeah. that uh, I didn't really pay attention to the fact that the game's not very good. <laughs> no, yeah, it's not. And I saw the Genesis port. It was like, wow, that's almost arcade perfect. That's really close. I I, I really want that, but you know, I, it never it never came to be. So when Sonic the Hedgehog showed up and was moving all fast in the commercials and stuff, and specifically when you'd go up up a jump and you'd see all the different layers moving in the background, like not just like one or two. I mean, like it's such a crazy cool effect. The Green Hill Zone is such a nice looking area of a of a video game it's it's yeah. really 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 cool so that was super impressive to me internally but i was externally very down on sonic the hedgehog you know and then by the time sonic 2 came around i couldn't really hide it anymore and i would just like i respected the sonic games because um sonic 1 in particular kind of turned me around a little bit because you know the the ads were all about the speed and the attitude mm-hmm. and this this is one of the things that I, I think this this soundtrack is really good at pointing out is that that's not the game like at all no. and especially when you listen to like the first track uh, the Green Hill Zone is a is a chill song there's very little about Sonic's music Sonic One's music that makes me think speed and there's actually very little in the game design that makes you think speed in fact if you're playing it super fast you're missing a ton. It wasn't. I always thought the game was really interesting, and I, you know, since I never had a Genesis, I'd never had the opportunity to sit and really play it. And it wasn't actually until I met my wife 
who had a Genesis, and she showed me how to beat Sonic the Hedgehog. And when she played the first level, she did it super slow, but she was jumping everywhere, finding all these hidden platforms. It's like, now you gotta stock up on the extra lives because the end of the game is really hard. It's like, this is a totally different beast than it seemed. Mm-hmm. And you had mentioned, uh, what was it, Sonic Adventure for the Dreamcast. Now, that right. game was very much built around speed. Like, the adventure yeah. stages yeah, yeah. are just like, just go, 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 go. And it's one of the reasons I've never finished that game, because, like, it's neat and it's flashy when it works, but every <laughs> time you, like, press left or something and you just walk off a cliff and it's like, oh, okay, whatever. Yeah. It wasn't until um, I wound up playing Sonic Rush on Nintendo DS, I thought it was the first time they really nailed combining Sonic, what made the Sonic games good in the first place. Like, not playing them as in, like, well, I just gotta run as fast as I can. Run, run, I gotta go fast. Like, playing them as a as precision platformers and being patient, mm-hmm. uh, you know, until you get those brief opportunities where you can go super fast, they're kind of like rewards. And Sonic Rush on DS, I think, really hit that the best. I think that was the best uh, melding of those two different things where it's like no there's a lot you've got there's a time to go fast and there's a time to go slow and you've got to switch between those two things uh organically uh or it's just going to be a mess which is what i feel a lot of other sonic games are but going back to the first sonic that will you know i was i became super impressed with it once i saw how it really worked and i remember like sonic 2 and sonic 3 in particular my my neighbor greg had Sonic 3, like, he got Sonic 3, and I was like, oh, what, Knuckles, what the heck is that? I I liked that super bold color design, like, each character had, like, this one primary color or something going on. Yeah. I don't know, I have a weird relationship with Sonic, because, um, I, you know, since, you know, being a grown-up and, uh, you know, seeing seeing how to properly play the games, I've beaten all the Genesis games, and I've come to really enjoy them, not as much as, like, a Mario game, not by a long shot. It, the, once the flash runs off, Sonic is a decent game. Like Sonic mm-hmm. One's all right. It's it's not a bad game. It's pr- fairly well designed. But you know that was the thing that was going up against Super Mario World back in the day. And that Sonic One would would even uh, putting those two games next to each other, like on a basic flashy level. I can see why people would choose Sonic, but from an actual gameplay standpoint, it's they're they're not even in the same stratosphere. So it's one of those weird things that I look back on, like, man, this game won over on pure style. This is the this is the PlayStation Two of video games, right? Because remember when the PlayStation Two came out, and it was like, all right, where are the games? Who cares? It's a DVD player, and it says PlayStation on the box. You want it, and that's all anyone needed to hear. It would like. The games came out eventually, but at first it didn't sell on having good games. It sold 100% on hype, and that's what Sonic the Hedgehog was. It was all hype. That was the sales, and it worked. And it's it, it's equal parts fascinating and frustrating to me that 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 worked so well. But I've I've carved out a place in my heart for Sonic. I think every 3D Sonic game has been bad. <laughs> I, <laughs> and I don't mean to say that it is like super disparaging. It just, just my honest opinion is I don't think they're good. I don't think they've made a good 3D Sonic game yet. Uh, granted, I haven't played, was it Sonic Lost World? A lot of people seem to think is uh, one of the better 3D Sonic games or Sonic Colors for the Wii was supposed to be really good. 
uh, and I think that had a lot of the people who made Sonic Rush for DS on it, but I didn't really like Sonic for a while, and then when Sonic Rush hit DS, I saw a trailer for it and was like, hey, that really does look cool, and the music's great. So uh, I gave it a try, and it turned out really like it, but that was because it was a, a thoughtful platformer, you know? It, it didn't right. play like a Sonic game, or, or what modern Sonic games had been. Like, every time you listen like, Sonic Heroes, and I'd be like, wow, this is awful. <laughs> this, <laughs> this just doesn't work. I mean, I think I see what you're trying to go for, but no. <laughs> and Sonic never had that Mario 64 moment, you know? Where it they, they took what worked in 2D and made it work in 3D. And mm-hmm. a lot of franchises that that didn't really work with, uh, or it took a long time to get it to work right. I mean, how long was it before we got a good 3D Castlevania? Like, Oh my goodness, yeah. The, the N64 ones were ambitious, but they, they weren't great. It wasn't until Lament of the Innocence on PS2 that Castlevania worked in 3D. We still haven't gotten good 3D Mega Man. You can argue that Mega Man Legends is a, is a good game, but it sure as heck isn't a Mega Man game. Right, yeah. It's, it's, it's neat, but it's got nothing... It, they, they, nev- they have never successfully taken what made stuff like Mega Man or Contra or Sonic work in the first place and translate it properly to, properly to 3D. So, anyway, that was a fun tangent. Uh, let's <laughs> Sorry. I told you I was going to sound like a dork. Let's, uh, let, let's listen to some Sonic music, huh? Yeah. Yeah. I I do I do really like this soundtrack and I do think that it's a very interesting one. Uh, especially this first song we're going to listen to Green Hill Zone because it's it reminds me a bit of the Super Mario Brothers theme where it's so ubiquitous with video games. It's a song that's been heard so many times that it's easy to take for granted and not really, you know, listen to it and dissect it. And when you do, you realize it's a pretty good song. It's nowhere Again, I, I don't think it's anywhere near as good as the Super Mario Brothers theme, obviously, but uh, it, it is a pretty good song, and it is not built around speed at all. It's a really chill video game song. This just reminds me of gaming of that era, not like this super fast, edgy future. <laughs> so, I don't know. No, uh, no lyrics in this. Let's give it a listen. Here is Green Hill Zone from Sonic the Hedgehog. Enjoy. <laughs>
there's the Green Hill Zone. I think one of the things that was so special about this song in particular and how it what makes it so important is that when this game came out and when this music accompanied that Green Hill Zone stage that looked the way it did with all those multiple layers of scrolling in the background, those extraordinarily bright colors for those of us who had been primarily playing the NES and there are our knowledge of the Sega Genesis wasn't you know you think about stuff like Altered Beast and it's got a lot of like muted colors or even Golden Axe or, or a lot of those first run of the Sega Genesis games they they obviously had more colors but they didn't have they had this very almost clunky feel to them they didn't feel as polished this was the first time I had seen what a 16-bit system was really capable of you know and especially in the sound department, just the instruments themselves, Genesis music had always sounded very deconstructed. I was always able to pick out like, and there's this, and there's this. This is a collection of sounds that is that someone is forcing to come together to make a melody, whereas this sounds cohesive. It sounds full. It sounds all of the parts are playing together, and it's not, like nothing I had ever heard before, uh, just, you know, particularly on the NES, right? You'd, NES didn't sound anything like this, but also it wasn't like anything I had ever heard before come out of a Genesis, even with the limited time I had spent with one. So, you know, the song itself is it, it, it's it's a good tune. It's it's memorable. It's not it doesn't have like the hook. You know, it doesn't. It, it's not as as hook worthy as even I'd say like you know Emerald Hill Zone from Sonic Two or especially like the Super Mario Brothers theme, but. As far as being effective at doing what it what it did and showing what the Genesis was really capable of in capable hands, it's an impressive piece of music. Um, uh, you know, I'll agree with a lot of the stuff that you you just said. Like, um, graphics wise, the Genesis was always it always felt different from um, Nintendo. Um, I think in in a, in some cases it worked in its favor, and then some it didn't. You know, when you played. Uh, games that were on both platforms you know <clears throat> I, I feel like it was very polarizing either either were on one side of that fence or the other um but you're right absolutely about the graphics for for sonic there's definitely a level of beauty to it talked about the multi the multi-depth multi-layered um backdrops and and you know for all these levels and it was, it was gorgeous absolutely gorgeous now as far as the track is concerned i don't know i think i feel a little more strongly about this than you do per se uh perhaps rather in the respect that i think this song is is more iconic than again my opinion i think this song is more iconic than i think you're giving it credit yeah absolutely uh the emerald track is certainly way more um identifiable you know maybe but I, I think I, I'm, I'm starting to think that I didn't word what I was saying oh. uh, well at all because I, I this song is extraordinarily iconic. I, I that's that's I didn't mean to imply that this wasn't iconic. I think I meant, uh, I guess, matching the tone that they wanted you to go okay. for. Like I, I think that Emerald Hill is I, when I say better written song, like it is a more memorable song necessarily. Mm -hmm. Like if I think about like really the energy of a Sonic game. Emerald Hill, I think, uh, did that a little bit more effectively. 
Mm-hmm. Whereas this song, I mean, that just that uh, that opening, that 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 sound right there is like. If you don't get nostalgic for that, it's because you weren't alive there. Because <laughs> like, <laughs> cause that, so- that sound happened constantly, and it booted up so fast, right? Mm-hmm. You start that thing up, and you mash the start button, right in that, that, that sound. And it is an extraordinarily iconic song. It's definitely right up there. I just meant to say that as a composition, and as far as like having an effective melody that really sticks with you, like... I think that Emerald Hill and the Super Mario Bros. theme were more, were just better written, I think was what I was going for. More, in, have, league, more in league with what they were visually presenting you? Yeah, I suppose. I feel like I'm having a hard time articulating it. But yes, I, I, I 100% agree. This is one of the most iconic pieces of music in video game history because of how important this game was. You know, at sure. that time, it was it was earth shattering. And this was the music that accompanied it. <laughs> music to shadow the earth by <laughs> and it's so chill it's such a chill no, it tune is. there's a, i mean like so you 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 kicked it off by saying it's so chill and i'm like let me see let me refresh me and i'll agree for the most part i think that there are some pieces of it that if you kind of focus your listening attention to you could come away with a bit of um, what's the word urgency perhaps I mean you know the the ad campaign was about like you said the attitude and the speed so if you if you fell in with it you want the speed you want to how fast can this little blue thing move and you know you're hitting these these um, these loop-de-loops and all of a sudden you're bouncing off these big springs you know clown sized springs and you know you're just being shot in all kinds of directions so yeah you can oh wow oh whoa 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 so um i i feel that there's uh, it's subtle I, you know it's not as heavy-handed perhaps as you know things we've listened to in the past where like oh man you know it's boss battle this is uh there's such a sense of urgency oh there's such a sense of dread i think this is a little more i it i almost get and and I say almost because it definitely doesn't hit it on the head, but I almost feel like it's an overture to some extent because, uh, like you said, there's two ways to play this game. You can you can just try and bang right through it and you miss a lot of it, or you could take a step back. You can explore, <coughs> excuse me, or you could take a step back and you can explore things. And I think this track is fairly indicative of that giving you the opportunity you decide your level of play i I certainly can't disagree with any of the points you points you make it does have i I think when i say it's so chill i I guess i can feel a little bit of urgency in it but it just it does it does not scream speed to me like that 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 tempo is just like it's it's happy it's it's cute and happy it's uh it's um (laughs) <laughs> it's not that sonic attitude that was in the commercials where he's just like, you know, like piss off Mario. Yeah. <laughs> and like, like that attitudes in the game, but only sort of like he'll kind of smirk at the screen, but he's, he's still yeah. pretty cute. Like overall, it's, it's a pretty happy go lucky, bright and colorful environment for the most part. You're saving little woodland creatures and stuff. And right. It's a, uh, yeah, it, 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 it's a very interesting piece of music to to go along with the launch of this franchise you know it's because when you think of what sonic music is now it's not this at all no it's a very different uh 
feel. Yeah, and uh, I like this one a lot better. <laughs> I will agree with you. But anyway, let's continue with... Uh, now, this is an earworm. <laughs> this one this one will just get stuck in my head a lot over the years. It's just... I, I, don't, I don't know what it is about it. The, the main hook of this song just, like... It's a freaking earworm, man, and and I, I dig it. This is a and this was also this was a stage that was impossible to go faster. You try to move fast in this game, this stage, and you're just dead because you're gonna walk into some lava and die. Uh, this is a marble zone, and this was as far as I I saw in this game for years because like I could <laughs> I couldn't get past marble zone when I the the brief periods of time I'd played this at my friend's house. So uh, I don't know. It's a cool track. I like it. Let's give it a listen. Here is marble zone. Enjoy. Marble Zone. I like that song a lot. <laughs> yeah, uh, the minute it started, I went, oh, oh, this level. Because <laughs> you're absolutely right. I spent a lot of time here. Um, so much waiting. They were like, I, they, they told me I needed to go fast, but I'm like, you're waiting on the super slow moving rocks in the lava. And uh, it's like, like, come on, come on. And like Sonic's getting impatient too. Yeah, he's standing that... him long enough, he starts tapping his foot, like, yeah. looking at the screen, like, what do you want me to do, kill you? <laughs> yeah, yeah, really, like, come on. <clears throat> um, I, I remember that, that very specific melody. And, oh, that thing haunted me for a while. <laughs> <laughs> but, but all jokes aside, like, it's, it's a really good one, though. It is, like, I really like the drums, the, like, yeah. the really constant, like, like this has a really this music fits this level so perfectly Mm -hmm. it's such like it's such a plodding methodical stage like you've just got to wait your turn and it's this this it sounds very like like clockwork or marching it's really really effective at this stage and i mean it was so frustrating playing this stage as a kid because it was so there were so many insta death but like i said it's it's a flipping earworm man <laughs> just just gets right in there and doesn't leave. No, I, I'm I'm guaranteeing you that tomorrow morning when I wake up, this will be in my head. <laughs> just just because like it, you're like it's it's an absolute earworm. Yeah, and that of all the songs, this is the one that's gonna stick in your head tonight. Oh, absolutely. Oh boy. <laughs> 
All right, well, let's let's keep heading. Let's keep heading forward. Let's move to the spring yard zone. Another fun track. Let's uh, let's give it a bounce, eh? Spring yard zone. Enjoy. Yard Zone. This is another one that really brings back memories. There's something about this track. <clears throat> I can't place what um, what genre of music it's reminding me of. I keep wanting to say like New Jack Swing, but that's so not fully accurate. Um, but it would make sense because it was pretty much the same time period. But I want to say some kind of like r&b or something like yeah which, like early 90s rap or something which like, is which is kind of what new jack swing was new jack swing was like um god what's his name teddy oh it's gonna bother me now i'm not gonna be able to think of it um Sorry. you no. said teddy i'm like roosevelt ruxpin no it's Ruxpin's, not either that. it was teddy ruxpin <laughs> new jack swing teddy ruxpin was just <laughs> He was more gangster rap, honestly. Teddy Riley, that's his name. So artists that were like, it's right where you're talking about. Uh, um, uh, 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 Boys to Men, uh, Belle Biv DeVoe, mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. you know, early Bobby Brown. You know what I mean? Like that yeah. stuff. It's it. I think it is. I think I am thinking New Jack Swing because it's right at the same time. Like mm-hmm. they were both in the forefront right at the same time. Um, but the funny part is, like, it does it well. Like, it's not like <clears throat> it's not like listening to a parody or someone trying to emulate. It, I feel like sprucing up the instrumentation, this could easily have passed for, like, a New Jack Swing single off of one of these groups. Yeah, and it it's funny that you mentioned that I've never thought about it before. I've never really put the thought into it, but you're 100% right. Right down to the part where it has, like... Sh- uh, like strikingly positive um like uh, a couple of chunks of major chords in there mm-hmm. like a mm-hmm. lot of music from that era like had that which was yeah. but it's also like got that kind of edge to it it's it, you're right it's 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 very successful in being at being in that style and I've, i have never never put the thought into it before it's it's fascinating you're welcome <laughs> thank you <laughs> Well, shall we move on? 
Yes, we shall. Okay, this next track is Labyrinth Zone. Uh, I've, I've been a bit. I've always been a big fan of this one. I think this is a really cool song. So uh, let's give it a listen. Here is Labyrinth Zone. Enjoy. couple of things i really like about that tune um i like the i, I love the rhythm change up you know where it's kind of like doing it goes into double time during that one spot uh <clears throat> which you know double time for this song is still pretty like chill it's not like you know, <laughs> it's not going into like punk territory but it's like yeah <laughs> it's got that really cool like doom, 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 and then it just kind of it kind of picks up later i really i really really like that change up Mm-hmm. But I think even more importantly is I really like the, the way the bass works during the main melody part. It's almost like it's shadowing the, the main melody. Like it's it's doing the same notes, you know, it's doing a simplified version of that same melody, but it's doing it like one step behind. I think it's a really cool effect. Yeah, it's almost like it's walking around the main melody, if you will. Yeah, like it's just a few steps behind going doom. Doom, doom, doom. It's, it really matches it, but it's it's happening in such an interesting timing. Uh, it's just a really cool track. Like it, 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 it what you were saying, um, uh, it, it's like matching it, but at the same time, it's existing on its own. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's so yeah. I, it's it's very interesting. So this wasn't the track I thought it was. I'm, I'm sure the one I'm thinking of will either be next or right after it. Um, terrible with names. <laughs> if you've ever met me in person. Um, the, uh, but, uh, this one, uh, popped up and, oh, yes, yes, yes. I remember this one. Um, yeah, very, it's a very interesting track. Uh, again, it keeps in, um, to- uh, excuse me, it keeps in the, with the theme of what you've been talking about, where the music's still fairly chill for a game about a speed racing blue hedgehog, you know? It's, yeah. It's such an interesting, um, pairing, you know? I, I, I don't have anything to say. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And that is all I have to say. The end. Yep. The end. Have a good night. End of line. All right. Uh, well, then I guess let's move on to the next track. It's uh, <clears throat> This is another one of my favorites from this this uh, soundtrack. It's a really pretty song. Uh, and, and another one that really sticks with you. So this is this, this is Starlight Zone. Enjoy. Thank you. 
All right, so a, a couple of fun things. Uh, if I'm remembering my trivia correctly, you can actually hear uh, for the main melody of the song, uh, it's it's being played by two instruments at once, and one of them is the ring collecting sound. That's yes, I hear it playing. I it, hear it immediately. The minute you said it, I hear it. Yeah, it's which is super cool. I also really appreciate the drums in this song. It's such an interesting approach. I, what, what what style is this that's making me think of? What what genre of music is this making me think of? Um, um, <laughs> I mean, personally, I was going to say this reminds me of like loungy music. That's what There's, I like lounge elevator music or something, but it's good. Yeah, it can't be elevator music because it's good. Um, <laughs> I have it playing very lowly as I'm talking. It's got like this. God, I can't put a finger on it. The best thing I can come up with is like a like a loungy. Uh, almost like Euro pop, like Euro pop long before Euro pop was kind of you know in its heyday. I suppose I don't know what to to to. I hate I do hate labeling things, but I don't know what to label this. It's you know it's really it's uh, it's the way it all comes together tonally that's so unique. Like the yeah. bass is the bass is so warm in this song. It's really it's a really really warm sound, and the fact that the drums are. It's just kick and hi-hat. There's no snare in this at all whatsoever. Right. And it's like a really, really quiet hi-hat. It's just, it's such a reserved song uh, in in all these very specific places. And it all comes together sounding incredibly full. And I think really a lot of that does come down to the really, really warm warm bass sound that they, that they came up with. It, it really fills it out. It, it takes place, um, I don't want to say it takes place. I think it fills up the space where like the snare would exist. Mm-hmm. Um, I think after listening to it again while we were talking, I think I think on a technical level, I would almost say that this is like modern jazz. Hmm, okay, there's like there's like a lot of elements here that I think exist in uh, you know some modern jazz stuff. There's your 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 uh, kick and hi hat. Uh, there's like a nice solid bass to really kind of. Um, give every give it a, a skeleton you know and then you have like your synths or, or your horns in this case and and they're just free to kind of go wherever they want to go and i think that's um i think that's where it all comes together at the same way like a improvisational jazz piece might come together hmm yeah maybe, I, I would think i'd have to agree with you yeah maybe that's why i also get lounge because i i kind of have this I mean, my experience of live jazz, for the most part, has been tiny clubs and tiny venues. So maybe that's why I get the the lounge vibe. Huh. I don't know. Maybe I could be overthinking. <laughs> maybe I'm overthinking that. Oh, where where does it end? <laughs> Riverdance. That's where it ends. There it is. Riverdance. <laughs> All comes down to Michael Flatley. Oh God, it always does, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> anyway anyway well, i really like that song um i definitely do too it's it's a nice it's a nice chill again a nice chill piece from a, a game that many may not have thought sh- should have been as chill as it was i, I don't know well that, that's the interesting thing about this soundtrack is that I, I unlike you i do it i do genuinely like this game i don't love it but i do like it right, right. but de- but divorced from the game itself 
just really this is probably one of the first times I've ever really sat and just listened to the music like you know, I've breathe. listened to it in the background and stuff but I've never really focused on listening to it until now and I gotta say I'm really enjoying the music like totally divorced from the game like on its as its own standalone pieces of music I'm finding it to be very very interesting I'll agree with you 100% definitely something that um, I think I I would not have uh, thought this way like if you if you asked me to you know hum things that I thought hum hum pieces that I thought were from the Sonic the Hedgehog franchise I, I you know I would come up with something you know completely polar opposite of this uh, so it's it's a pleasant surprise to kind of um, go back to something you probably haven't checked out in 30 years yeah and, and think like oh okay this is not what I my mind's eye remembered <laughs> Well, let's keep this train moving, and let's go on to the Scrap Brain Zone, which is uh, certainly the most interesting title so far. Yeah. <laughs> Scrap Brain. All right, let's give it a listen. Here we go. Enjoy. super interesting song uh, I will agree with you um, I'm not too fond of like those extra toms um, the I big just, timpani sound you mean yeah I feel like they should have maybe 
chosen like a different sound sound uh, patch or something for him and it might have kind of blended in a bit better unless of course that was their goal for it to not blend in in which case they did a great job but that being said <laughs> <clears throat> that being said not a huge fan of it but you mentioned before how how much of a fan of the drums you were and mm-hmm. so when i heard those you know dum 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 I was like, oh, God, what's going on here? But it made me take notice of the actual drum kit, and I have to agree with you. It sounds really great. Like, the, the kick is really, like, nice and low and, like, um, sort of on the punchy side. Mm-hmm. Um, the snare, just nice, crisp, um, you know, Sega Genesis snare, if if that's even a thing. I mean, it's, um, the, it's the Sonic snare. I feel like that yeah. sound... Is whenever they're trying to invoke like classic Sonic sounds, like when Sonic Mania came out, the music used that snare sound. Like that's the Sonic snare sound. Yeah, so I I had really kind of perked up to the drum kit, and I, I I'm absolutely gonna agree with you. This is a really nice. Um, the samples being used is really great. I I like this track a lot. This was the track that I was originally thinking um, Labyrinth Zone was, hmm. and uh, I'm a fan of this one. One of the few I do remember from this game. Uh, except for the early stuff. Um, yeah, I, I like this one a lot. And there's that there's that section of it. Um, and like, where, yeah. That, that, yeah. And like, the, the bass doubles up there. It's so weird. I've never noticed that before listening to it now in headphones, that the bass sounds the way it sounds here. The whole song, except in that one spot, it sounds like, they just doubled it, and it sounds so cool in that one little spot. It's really neat. Yeah, I like that part a lot because it almost comes out of nowhere, and then it goes back to wherever it came from. <laughs> it's like yeah, <laughs> I, I I get a little like uh, I'm like ah oh, oh, I could have used like just one more round of that or something, you know? Yeah, and and I, I'm I definitely have to agree with you completely on the, the that the drums in this the, everything about this track is great except that timpani sound. Right, it's. It's always bugged me because, like, I love the way this song starts. Like that, it's such a cool mm-hmm. little intro. The way it winds up, and then it just it, it really gets going. But then it just hits you with the dum 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 dum. Like, Ugh. and it's it's not even. <laughs> I feel like even if they got that sound right, it's it's doing this song such a weird disservice, especially in the second part when it's just like, dum dum dum. Like just kind of chiming in every couple of notes or so. It's it's so distracting for an otherwise I think brilliant song. It's really really cool. It's a very memorable tune too. I remember seeing a friend of mine play this stage. You know I was never able to get this far, but I had seen most of the stages uh, from you know friends playing it over the years. And then eventually like I think there was like a level select code or something that you could get through where you could try the stages. But this one definitely stuck with me. It's 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 a really good song. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, like I said, after 30 years, I'm surprised some of this stuff is still kind of, you know, bound, rattling around in my brain. And this was this was one of them. Um, you got scrap brain on the brain? Oh, got me. You got me so good with that one. <laughs> I walked into that. <laughs> maybe, maybe I do. All right. Well, things are things are winding down here. We only got, only got a few tracks left, and they're uh, they're interesting ones. So let's go ahead and listen to this next one, which is, man, these special stages have uh, have always stuck with me as just being like, what the heck? Because <laughs> I remember the first time getting to one of those special stages, and you just, wait, what? I'm a, what? 
Why? Ah, because you know they're everything's spinning around and the background's like ah, it's birds and now they're fish and what is happening right now? It was a very fibrin acid dream, wasn't they it? They were super trippy. But anyway, here's the weird, weird music that goes to the special stage. <laughs> Enjoy. Stresses me the heck out. <laughs> <laughs> go in there. Go. No, don't hit the red dot. Yeah, it turns and you fall and you hit the red dot. It's like I almost had the chaos emerald. I was like inches away and then it just ah. I have to look this up because I am not remembering. Like, there's nothing that's. Let me see. Something special stage. Oh. Oh. <laughs> There it is. Oh, <laughs> these effing things. <laughs> oh, dude. What was this? Right? It was so weird. Who the hell made these? <laughs> like, what drugs were they on and where do we get some? Because some of these, this like, I'm just looking at a, a couple of pictures of this. Oh, yeah. First of all, the background, very M.C. Escher. And that's what I really enjoyed the most about it. I'm a huge M.C. Escher fan. Um, but but more importantly, what is this gameplay? I feel like this was the precursor to Sonic Pinball. Like Someone was like, I got this idea, but I don't know how it's going to play out. And they're like, well, we need special levels. And he's like, say no more, fam. I got you. And then everyone's like, what? Um, then somebody smoked a whole bunch of crack and said, what if it was constantly spinning around? Yeah. yeah it's like, yeah, no, yeah. Well, you mean Sonic? Yeah, he's going to be spinning around. Like, no, no, no. He'll be spinning around. Yep. And then the stage will be spinning around. <gasps> what? <laughs> these, yeah, these levels. I'm going to watch them play through. Like, this, these <laughs> things. Uh, and then, of course, there's a there's a, a still from Sonic Pinball. But, but anyway, mm. yeah. These were... Uh, okay, so all jokes aside, these were actually done. These levels were done really well. Like those background backgrounds were like amazing. Yeah, and they like morph into each other. They were really, yeah. they were visually stunning. They were just like really hard and you weird. You just weren't not expecting it. Yeah, you're playing this this one game, and then you you hit one of these special levels, and you're just like, did I just put in a new cartridge? What the hell just happened here? <laughs> It's so bizarre, but yeah, the music <laughs> never was there like music that did not fit what was happening more so than this. I I personally think. 
uh, and you know what? At the same time, like it, it fits and doesn't fit because like mm-hmm. it's super weird, trippy music, and there's like this super weird, trippy stuff going on in the background. But the actual gameplay itself is like super tense because you're trying yep. to like cling to these surfaces and mash against these little diamonds so you can get the uh, the emeralds. And I, I gotta say, like, just I was doing a little image search too just to kind of look at, see if there was anything other than birds and fish in the background. And I caught an, an image of uh, the bonus stage from the Master System version of Sonic the Hedgehog. Mm-hmm. Which is such a fascinating comparison between the Master System version and the Genesis version, because they're, they're totally different games. Mm-hmm. They have completely different like play styles, too, because you know, you, they couldn't really do... No. They couldn't really give Sonic the same kind of inertia that he had on the Master System. Um, so it intrinsically plays differently, and all the levels are different, all the stages are different, except Green Hill Zone is the first place you go to, but the soundtrack on the Master System game was uh, by Yuzo Koshiro, and is, I, I think, in a lot of ways, even more appropriate. Like, I love the bonus stage music in the Master System. Like, we've, we really got to do a Master System Sonic episode. Like, I wanted to get the original Genesis one out of the way, but I really want to hit the, the Master System version too. Because if you've never heard it before, I know you're a fan of Yuzo Koshiro's work. I think you'll really yep. dig it. It's okay. It's it's really neat. It's really neat hearing Yuzo Koshiro do Sonic because it's 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 a weird thing, you know. Yeah, it, I mean, it's I'm I'm game. <laughs> so. Anyways, uh, so that that's enough of that weird thing. Acid, Let's move. acid trips aside. <laughs> acid trips aside. Let's head over to uh, the boss music. So yep. uh, this is the, ro- the the track's just called Robotnik, but it's it's the music that played when you fought bosses. Yeah, it's a good time. Nice and doomy. So uh, let's go ahead and give it a listen. Here is Robotnik. Enjoy. <laughs> You know, it's funny. This has that same timpani sound sound in it from Scrap Brain Zone, but it actually works here. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's it's appropriately like evil and epic, and yeah. it also occurs to me like, of course, it's called Robotnik. All the bosses were Robotnik. I just kind of spaced on that. Like, oh no, this doesn't just play when you're fighting a Robotnik. Oh wait, they're all Robotnik. Jokes on you, fool. I was yeah. them the whole time. Yeah, yeah, right. Um, like I said, appropriately uh, doomy. Uh, appropriately bossy. I like it. I uh, actually, this is. Um, I I do wish the loop was a little longer. Uh-huh. Um, kind of wish there was a, just a little something else. But other than that, it's, uh, I'm, I'm nitpicking honestly. I think it's great. I think it's a really great one. Yeah, it's really. I mean, most of the boss battles didn't last all that long, so no. uh, it was it was it was appropriate for uh, what they were. And it's it's cool boss music because it's also. It's the, the pace of it is so much slower, even than the the relatively chill music that's in the stages themselves, because you know you're, there's no real running around when you're fighting these bosses. So it's yeah, 
it's very much like slows you down to methodical and just do what you gotta do and take down Robotnik and free those cute little woodland creatures. What's that? There's a Ren and Stimpy line that's that's in my head. They don't know. They're stupid. <laughs> oh, the little critters of nature. They yes. don't know that they're ugly. That's, yes, that's very it. funny. A fly bearing a bumblebee. <laughs> I told you it'd shoot, but you didn't believe me. Why didn't you believe, you believe me? me. <laughs> I told you. You didn't believe me. Oh my god. This got way out of hand real quick. Sorry. I apologize. It's just. It's just sometimes these things creep in on the edge of my brain, and I'm like, what are you? Wait, I know you. Where are you? F- what? Hang on. Hang on. Everything stop. I need to identify this, because this is bother- This is going to bother me for days. Uh, happy, happy, joy, joy. Happy, oh. happy, oh. joy. <laughs> happy? <laughs> happy. Man. Ren and Stimpy. That was, a, that was a part of my life right there. It really was. Any hoosers, uh, we yep. could we could talk oh, about God. that for a while. Uh, That's a podcast for another podcast. That heck is, uh, yeah, my co-host said. So this next one's kind of a bonus track. I threw this one in there because we needed ten songs, and <laughs> this is a song that retroactively always makes me think of Sonic One. So eventually, for the Sega Genesis, with lock-on technology, they uh, released Sonic and Knuckles which was a Sega Genesis game that you would plug in. It was its own thing. It was the second half of Sonic 3. Uh, And if you plugged Sonic 3 into your Sonic & Knuckles cartridge, you could play through all the content in Sonic 3 as Knuckles. Yes. And then if you plugged in your uh, copy of Sonic 2, you could play through all of Sonic 2 as Knuckles. Mm -hmm. However, if you plugged in Sonic 1, you couldn't do anything. Sort of. (laughs) It would just say, no way. And it would play this wonderful, wonderful, catchy tune, uh, which I which I love. Now, if you pressed, I think, A, B, C, and start at the same time, you could play a whole set, like a unique set of those 3D ball bonus stages from Sonic 3, which I love those stages so, so much. Mm-hmm. So that was really cool to have basically like a whole mess of... It's just those back to back to back. So that's super cool. But... uh this track, it's a little, it's you know, it's super short. It's by uh, Jun Senyue, I believe, is how you pronounce it. I don't know. Our friends, the Alexes, told us how to pronounce it back in the old time, back back when we did a, uh, who's he? What's it? Uh, Sonic Adventure. But hey, man, whatever. This is a cool song. I love it, and it makes me think of Sonic One because this is the song that played when you plugged Sonic One and pretty much any other cartridge that wasn't Sonic Two or Three into your Sonic and Knuckles cart. So here is No Way. Enjoy. I feel like I've heard that before, but I mean, like, the whole process of trying to find it is something I never would have done, so <laughs> it's such a what a strange kind of Easter egg. I was so fascinated by Sonic and Knuckles, man. Like, first off, the whole the whole bit where they were like, we invented lock-on technology for this, for this thing, and then I'd look at my Super Nintendo and the Super Game Boy sitting at it and be like, no, you didn't. It's yeah. right there. Yeah. This is the same thing. You invented a pass-through cartridge, but you didn't invent it. There's one right there. Heck, you did the same thing with the master, the power base converter years ago. Stop it. Stop your lies. Uh, but 
that just the concept that you could take this new game and then pop other games onto it and like have new content come out of it was so it was really cool to me uh and so like that was one of the first things i did there the commercial said you could do you know sonic 3 and sonic 2 so i went over to my friend greg's house was like well, let's put Sonic 1 on it, see what happens. <laughs> and that little no way thing would come up and the music would play and be like, aww, the music's pretty cool though. <laughs> well, even you, but you said that you there were even extra 3D stages, right? Yeah, but I didn't find out about that for, we didn't find out about that for like a, another month or two. Like, you know, we just figured, okay, well, that's that. Because uh, yeah. it just says no way. You have to enter like a little code to make those show up. Mm-hmm. When I found out about that, I was like, oh, you gotta be kidding me. <laughs> What else is hiding in this thing? <laughs> Who else aren't you telling me? <laughs> oh my god. That's nifty though. Like I, I kinda miss that stuff. You know, like I feel like that stuff doesn't really exist anymore. Yeah, fun fun little weird physical Easter eggs like that are mm-hmm. are wild. Like we were just recently talking to uh um our friend Ferg was playing uh Star Tropics. Mm. Uh, or was going mm-hmm. to play Star Tropics for the first time. And we're like, you need the letter. And he's like, I still have it, but I'm not dipping anything in water. I'm like, no, no, it'll be fine. It can survive being dipped in water. You got to do it. It's part of the game. It, it's such a unique fixture that, you know, putting the letter in water, turning over your Metal Gear Solid case and finding Meryl's uh, uh, codec code, you know, like I, I love weird stuff like that. And this was this was a, this was a really cool, very memorable thing. Yep. Well, let's uh, wrap things up. We got one track left, and it is the final zone. This is the music that plays when you're in the final zone on the last boss battle and everything. So, uh, yeah, it's it's super happy. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just kidding. Here's final zone. Enjoy. final thoughts on final zone i'm really surprised that i actually remember that one too because i because like i i feel like when i was a kid i i had no kind of skill i couldn't beat any of the games i owned to this day there's some games i just never never be and but i feel I, I i'm i'm confident i beat at least sonic one and and hearing uh final zone it gives me the confidence to say that i beat it because i i remember this i definitely remember this track I like it a lot. Um, this is another place where that uh, those toms, timpani come in, and they mm-hmm. they're done right. Like, oh, that's where they, that's definitely where they belong. Yeah, they're right where they belong. Yeah, um, solid, really solid track though. A solid soundtrack overall. Really, really yeah, happy. Yeah, with yeah, it. absolutely, absolutely. Uh, you know, for I, I, look, I I never said I hated the game. I'm just not a fan. Like I said, we we grew in two different directions. Um, but that being said, this game this game is a really good soundtrack, like solid start to finish. Yeah, I heartily agree. Not my favorite game on the planet, but 
really very iconic Genesis soundtrack. Uh, really, mm-hmm. it really does the, the the platform service. Like I think there are a lot of songs that come out of the Sega Genesis that, in the wrong hands, that system can just sound like garbage. But in the right ones, it can, it can really sing. Now I will say that uh, I didn't play the Invincibility song. <laughs> Whatever. Uh, it's the theme. <laughs> it's the theme played fast. It, it's it is what it is. Right. And I also very specifically did not play the drowning theme. You're welcome. Oh, <laughs> oh I forgot about that one. That, that animation is, is traumatic. Oh my god, of him drowning. Yeah. But that that music is probably the most stressful song ever written. <laughs> it's that music is the sound of drowning. I hate it. So no way. Just <laughs> no, no sir, but don't like it. Are you more running stupid? Yeah, yep. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, Mr. Horse, how did you feel about that fall? <laughs> uh, hmm. Mm. No, sir, I didn't like it. Oh, my God. It hurts. Man, that show. Anyways, uh, <laughs> so... Uh, without any further ado, I think it's time to wrap this up before we just start quoting Ren and Stimpy for the rest Correct. of the night. Correct. I'm sure our fans would not have a problem with that, but... <laughs> Probably not. It is we who are your fire dogs. Uh, join us next time when we fulfill a promise and celebrate another anniversary at the same time. After losing the audio for our Sonic Adventure 2 episode, it's time to team up with Alex and Alex once again and celebrate the game's 20th anniversary in style. It's been long enough since we recorded that. None of us uh, has any idea what we said about it the first time. So uh, nope. it'll be like the old version never happened, because uh, technically it didn't. Uh, anyway, uh, we here at the Waveback Podcast are incredibly grateful to everyone who listens, and we love communicating with you whenever we can. And we have a couple of ways you can do that. There's the Geek Aid Discord channel in which we have a Waveback chat where we frequently discuss all manner of stuff related to video game music and whatever our next episodes are going to be. We also have a a Facebook forum page, uh, uh, which you can find by searching Waveback on Facebook. Of course, you can always still send us an email at mail at geekade.com. And while you're at it, check out all our other social media channels, which you should totally follow, like, and subscribe to if you haven't already. And be sure to check out all the other great content we have on our site, for geekade.com. Matt, do you have any wonderful things to plug for us today? Uh, as always, the world's longest one shot continues every <laughs> other Saturday on our Twitch channel. That's twitch.tv backslash geekade. Um, you know, every time I come on here and you ask me to plug something, this is what I plug, and I say the same thing. We're getting close to the end. Um, I'm just going to say it again. We're getting close to the end. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'd love to believe that we might wrap it up by summer's end. Uh, which would be nice, uh, but uh, you know, we got a we got a guy who plays a character who the character is a nineteen year old young man who makes very 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 bad decisions, and that's <laughs> that's um that's where we're at. So it's re- realistic, it is. It he really is doing a great job of poor impulse control. <laughs> so every every other Saturday. Well, I will uh, I will plug the uh, Waveback Overplay. We just finished the Mega Man Overplay, and they just announced a uh, physical release of Mega Man The Wily Wars is finally being released in America thanks to RetroBit. Uh, you can buy it on many different sites, including Limited Run and RetroBits on site, but I mashed up the music from the NES Mega Man with their counterparts from Mega Man The Wily Wars for Sega Genesis. Uh, it's freaking weird. 
You want to talk about weird Genesis music and some, <laughs> sometimes not using the instruments given to you, sub, uh, provided by the console uh, in the correct manner? Well, that's certainly uh, an example of that. And sometimes they did it great. Sometimes they did it not so great. So uh, either way, it's a fascinating listen. Head over to Waveback Overplay on Facebook and give it a listen. All right, we're going to leave you tonight with a uh, staff roll. It's the, uh, you know, the staff roll, ending credits. You know, it's, it's how we do here at Waveback. We like to leave you with the credits. So uh, join us next time for some for some good old-fashioned butt rock. <laughs> and, uh, well, thanks for listening, and have a great night. <laughs> granddaddy of all liars the little critters of nature they don't know that they're ugly that's very funny a fly marrying a bumblebee I told you I'd shoot but you didn't believe me why didn't you believe me happy happy joy joy happy happy joy happy happy joy joy happy happy joy Happy 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 happ